Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Woo! Good morning, 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 good people. It is draft eve, draft day eve, draft night eve. It is Wednesday, April 27, 2022. Y'all decided to wake y'all asses up, Ray G, and I am excited. Happy you are here. I'm pumped, baby. It's like a kid on Christmas, like Christmas Eve. It is truly Christmas Eve of the NFL season. NFL draft pops off tomorrow. I just want to let y'all know we got a full destination Devi wake up crew extravaganza. Me, Jay Rich, Jordan Back is talking numbers. Mike and Adam from 4D Chess. Eugene's jumping on uh, from the Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll try to get Ben Eby from Elite Seekers on. We're bringing the whole crew down. Uh, we got other people joining in to talk NFL Draft, so make sure you tap in with us. We'll tweet out the link. It's going to be here on the YouTube channel. But come kick it with us for the first and then the first round of the draft, and then we'll be back on Friday to go through rounds two and three. So make sure you tapped in. If you're first time here, thank you. Welcome. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the thumbs up button. Comment for the algorithm. Good morning to everybody in the building. Johnny, Mike, A, KBD in the building. Caleb, Marlon, always here. Roro, what's up, big dog? John in the building. Oh, man, L Trips, Nick, another Nick, Connor, everybody here. Rojo Fish, what's up, baby? What's up, what's up? Glad y'all are here. How y'all feeling this morning? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? It ain't like we we, we don't have anything, you know, nothing, nothing big. Nothing big happening in the sports world. Jay Rich, how you doing, my friend? I'm good, bro. I'm good. You know, it's uh, like you said, draft eve. We're talking rumor mill. We're talking mm. trades. We're talking bold predictions. And so, oh, Roro actually asked you about the helmet, the white helmet on the back right. That's a Bengals helmet. It's a, oh. that's the matte white with the Bengals yeah. stripes. Uh, that's yeah. a really dope helmet, actually. You yeah, can't yeah, see yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah. you can't see it now. Thing, but it's a, oh, okay. it's a sweet helmet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's the Cincy. That's the that. Cincy, Cincy alternate helmet. Yeah, that's the Cincy alt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you dope. were pumped because you ordered all those helmets and two of those teams made it to the Super Bowl. So hopefully did, the other two isn't teams, it crazy? maybe you've got, you got the Cowboys it, and then the other one is the Ravens, the right? Ravens, have- yeah. So I had the two. Isn't it crazy? If we would have just bet Super Bowl winners from helmet, Super Bowl, like, predictions, had the Bengals and then the Rams. Like, and this was pre, pre-football pre season. We had we had called it, baby. We had called yeah, it. Man, but, uh, August. Where the, yeah, we called it back in August. But, um, yeah, man, I'm excited, excited to just – like we're just talking rumors. It's you see the TMZ, TMZ GQ and Jay Rich back there. It's rumor mills. Um, yeah, man, it's it's the draft. It's the draft. What else are we gonna talk about this morning? I mean, there are a couple of things to talk about, and I'm sorry, y'all. One of the filthiest plays in the sports world over the last over this past year, over 2022, happened last night. All right, John Morant, just filthy, just. Jay, did you see the dunk last night, or was this your first shot of it? I saw it yesterday because, uh, again, on Twitter, Filthy. man, unavoidable. This is the dunk Filthy. that John's been trying to pull off for what feels like his entire NBA career. Bro. You see him. He's tried it on Jakob Pertl. He's tried it on Jonas Valanciunas. And finally, finally, he got it on somebody. But, oh, my God. You talk about signature dunks. That, that was insane. I'm right. Signature dunk for his entire career. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. It's I don't think it's possible. Well, it's possible. I don't think he's going to have a better dunk in his entire career than that one. That one was just I don't know, spectacular man. at the highest yeah. order. He's good. It's, it's it's literally, for people who don't understand, he's tried this dunk multiple times on people, and he's never got it. And that's the first time he's ever got it, probably because he did it on <laughs> someone who's small. He but killed man, Malik Beasley. That's disgusting. And, 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 then he hits disgusting. The, and then he hits the game-winning yeah. scoop layup. under layup. How just quickly, how bad did the New Orleans Pelicans feel taking Zion Williamson over John Morant right now? Are you do you still think Zion? 
They got to be sick, man. And and like for people who and then as well, Ja apparently won most improved player yeah, of the year. Yeah. You know, whatever. He, yeah, he's not the most yeah. improved player, but that's okay. Oh gosh. Uh, but yeah, if you're the, if you're the Pelicans, <laughs> I don't know what you do because Zion's what? This is his third, second year at least, maybe third year. Man, they but dude's not playing. He's overweight. His foot injuries. Yeah, just, man. I just saw I that we know. we had that we had to drop that dunk. I told Jay Rich we got to put that on the show because that was just uh, that was just nasty. But in the NFL world, uh, and and the Grizz did win. Uh, sorry for you Minnesota fans out there. Uh, they took it down. Uh, but in the uh, in the football world, man, in the football world, some late news happened, and we'd kind of been talking about this. I know. For a fact, I've talked about it on this show a couple of times, and then inside our Discord, um, I talked about it as well. The Denver Broncos bring back Melvin Gordon on a one-year deal, yeah. and uh, you know, I was on the I was on the FTN Fantasy Football stream with uh, Josh Larkey last night when that news broke, and it wasn't shocking at all. Everybody, everybody wants these running backs to be the single ball carrier in an offense, and I think those days are dwindling down. They are very few bell cow running backs in the traditional sense of the word in the NFL. You know, Javonta Williams, we we all wanted him to get 90% of the work, 80% of the work. And I've been saying, if I'm Denver, like they don't give a shit about fantasy football, man. Like they're doing what's in the best interest of their team. And the best interest of their team to protect their young good asset is to use multiple running backs. Like it's to have a two back system. And I just think we're, we're, we're entering a world. You look at even Nick Chubb, how great he is. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. It was CMC for the longest, and then they bring in a competent running back to spell Christian McCaffrey or work in tandem with McCaffrey. The New England Patriots have been doing this for years. Just multiple backs for multiple situations. There were times even when they had a lead back, and then all of a sudden Brandon Bolden comes on the field, and you're thinking, why the hell is he on the field, right? But he serves a role, right? Pass catcher, good blocker, whatever the case may be. Um, but Javonta Williams, uh, Melvin Gordon coming back, they both had over 200 carries last year. They both had over 900 yards. Uh, that future bet that I took, Javonta Williams over 1,100. Oh, boy. I'm, not I'm looking hoping, great now. It's not looking great right now. It's, it's, it's not looking great today. What are your thoughts on Melvin Gordon going back for Javonta Williams? And no, I don't think this nukes Javonta Williams at all. I still think he's going to be a top back. But this definitely... You need to dial back those projections because Melvin Gordon's going to get the ball. He's going to play. So, what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on that that move of uh, bringing Melvin Gordon back? I actually think it's really good for the Denver Broncos, and it's really good for Javante Williams. People need to remember as well that not only does the Denver Broncos know what they're getting in Melvin Gordon, but Melvin Gordon understands the situation as well. When you bring in a rookie, he's going to try and beat out Javante Williams, push Javante Williams for carries. I think we all know that Melvin Gordon knows he's not going to be the guy. They they got yeah. rid of him because they want Javante Williams to be the guy. And he will understand that and groom Javante. And so for me, I think it's actually a really good situation, knowing that both of them played together, they understand what's going on. And Melvin is a competent running back, but he knows he's going to be spelling Javante and not being the lead guy. So I actually think this is kind of the best case scenario because this eliminates the possibility of them bringing in a better running back via the draft, right? If they brought in a Ty Chandler or they brought in a Zeus White or even a Brian Robinson and he looked good, he may get more run than a Melvin Gordon would simply because he's a younger, fresher back. But Ray, I, I, have to, I was thinking about this as you were talking. Is there, like, honestly, is there any really bell cow running backs? The only one that came to my mind was Najee Harris. But outside of that, like, Alvin Kamara has been a committee his whole career. Christian McCaffrey is probably not going to be a bell cow, maybe. But again, with the injuries, you have to imagine they spell him some more. Outside of that, like you said, Nick Chubb, big bag. Zeke Elliott does get a ton of carries, but we've seen a lot of Tony Pollard. I think that's just part of the offense as well. But Najee Harris is really the only true bell cow, I think, in the NFL right now. Oh, someone said Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is a pretty good example. He does get a lot of carries. But this is just the NFL. And I think that Javante Williams is en route to 250 carries and probably 50-ish receptions or so. Wow, to 300, total, 300 total touches for Williams this year? Wow. Easily. Easily. Mm. He had 200 carries last year, and if his role expands, they bring in Melvin Gordon, who's going to be yeah. the backup, clearly. So like last year, he had 200 carries, and I believe he had 40 receptions and 50 targets. So yeah. 250 opportunities, you just give him 50 more, that's 300 opportunities. That's a good running back. That is it, you know, where he's being drafted as a top 
five, three, four guy, probably, but you're not getting probably the same ceiling people were hoping for when they were drafting Javante Williams that high. So for me, Ray, honestly, it may cause him to slip in some startup drafts, and I may be more in on Javante if he's kind of a little bit lower, but I, I doubt he slips that much simply off this I news. Think, but for me, I think it's going to be uh, more of the same, but more Javante overall. I think bell cows in the traditional sense of the word where they're getting damn near every carry – um, I think it's Najee Harris, Joe Mixon is a bell cow, Jonathan Taylor, of course, uh, yeah. Dalvin Cook, I believe, is a bell cow. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, I can't think of many others right now. Like it's not like Derrick Henry. Yes, of course. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Yeah. Derrick Henry is a bell cow. Five, five bell cows. So the point is, you know. In in years past, it was the starting running back got all the work. I just I think we're approaching this this area of football where that's just not like you've got specialists all over the place, man. The same way there are different specialist type wide receivers for different situations, and they like you've got that with running backs. You've got so many talented guys. The best way to maximize your offense is to get those diverse skill sets on the field. And while we in the fantasy world hate it, like. That's just what the game is, right? That's what the game is. So um, I know Josh said that he was going to – it would bump Javonta Williams down a little bit, right? But I still think still think he's a top four dynasty running back. If you want to put if, – if this – him coming back makes you want to put DeAndre Swift ahead of him or whatever, whoever your three was. You want to move him back a spot. But I, I don't think it significantly impacts his dynasty ranking. I just think it makes it. We should just temper expectations a tad bit for this season. But I'm not going to make a, a wholesale change on Melvin Gordon on a one year deal coming back to Denver. You know what I mean? Like Javante Williams is only 21 years old. No, it's mm-hmm. it's like it's it's it, Would it's you short put him term in tier one? short term pain. You think? Yeah. Would you? Put I do. Him in tier one yeah. Too? Okay. At, the, at at his age with his skill set. It's short-term pain, man. Like you just gotta, you mm. gotta, you gotta take your time. It's short-term pain. Um, I see some people talking about Zeke, um, Leonard Fournette as bell cows. Yeah, Point, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, somebody said Gretchen said, "Does this change fantasy strategy overall in the long run?" If most teams go to RBBC, <sighs> not really for me. I think I think there will always be some really stud running backs. Like there's not always going to be Jonathan right. Taylor's, but there will there will probably be a, a quite a few Joe Mixons. Like Bijan Robinson, we project to be a bell cow. We may see Brees Hall as a as you know a 60-70% opportunity share guy because he can do everything, right? So, I think there will always be those opportunities, but in the fantasy space, we just need to navigate it from the standpoint of targeting good offenses and where guys will be used in good situations. Like I think Alvin Kamara is a perfect example of that because early in his career, he wasn't getting a ton of carries, but he was getting a lot of high value opportunities. And that's what we were chasing with Kamara. And I think that's what we chase with Austin Eckler as well. So that's, that's what we need to pay attention to more so than bell cow status or RBBC kind of as a trend in the NFL overall. I think, I think this is a good question by Gretchen and I've got an answer it, but I think this, what Carlo just said is really important just makes the bell cows more valuable. And I've been saying it. If you've got a running back that you know is going to get 250 carries, 50 receptions, 275 carries, like there's that much more of a premium on those guys, right? I, I 100% agree with this. Uh, but back to, to, to Gretchen's question, right? Like the strategy, right? Where, where's that at? God damn it, Ray. Here we go. Does it change fantasy strategy overall? I think what it does, and I think what may happen, is if you can identify the teams that have that backup plus type running back, so let's just say in in an ideal world they're all healthy and he's on the field and you've got the Kareem Hunt to, to Nick Chubb. While I would much rather have Nick Chubb on my roster, if I know Kareem Hunt's going to be the primary receiving back and still get his eight or nine carries a game, there may be there may be situations where I'm like I'll let my league mates take Nick Chubb in the you know fifth round or the fourth round or wherever he's going and then I can wait until round nine or ten or whenever I don't know what their ADPs are but take the the one B to the one A the Kareem Hunt right it's it's if Dallas like a good a good example of that potentially playing out to the positive this year is Dallas with Tony Pollard. If they commit to Tony Pollard as truly the one B to, to Zeke, they're like, man, Zeke's slowing down. We got to get Pollard the ball a little bit more. While I still don't think he'll outscore Ezekiel Elliott, 
I think the value in sort of tearing down or or waiting and and going with Tony Pollard opposed to Zeke Elliott would be would be a valuable play. Um, I'd be interested to see what happens in Arizona or in Detroit with the NFL draft. Do those guys bring in running backs to complement you know DeAndre Swift or James Conner? So. It's too early to say, Gretchen, like, does it change fantasy strategy overall in the long run? But if teams do start to deploy this RBBC, I think to Carlos' point, it makes the guys like Najee Harris, like Joe Mixon, like Dalvin Cook, like Derrick Henry, like Jonathan Taylor, even more valuable because the points above over replacement for those guys will be so much bigger. It'll be a much wider gap than, you know, some of the mid guys that are just strictly splitting carries. Like a concerning situation is is Green Bay with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Like that I was gonna be bring a, that one up. That that's could a be great, a full that's blow- a good RBBC though. Like they're both yeah. valuable assets. And I think in the fantasy community the hard part is which one do you choose? Right? Because they go really, really close in startup drafts and in and in drafts overall. But I think I think that's, for me, more situation dependent. Like you talk about the Browns, a run first offense. The Cowboys could be a run first offense. Green Bay could be a run first offense. So I think it's about identifying offenses that you want players that are in RBBCs as much as it is, obviously, targeting those bell cows and getting them on your rosters. All right. We got some, we got a rumor that I saw that I was excited about. So I want to talk this one. So here's one of the rumors, right? Uh, a projected trade from an NFL insider on the drive, the 49ers. So we all know Debo Samuel's projected that everyone's saying he's going to get traded, going to get traded, going to get traded. So here's a projected rumor trade. The 49ers get Elijah Moore, the 10th overall pick, the 38th overall pick. So a first and a second plus Elijah Moore for Debo Samuel and a third. Jay, what do you think about this? What what this seems like this would be a great trade. Could you imagine? The, could you could you imagine what would happen to the Jets if they did this trade? They would get New York media would just light them up for weeks. This is a terrible trade. And not to say that it couldn't happen. I mean, if if people think that's what Debo is worth, power to you. But could you imagine giving up Elijah Moore and the 10th overall pick know, man. and only getting Debo Samuel in return? Even the, th- the 38th pick is whatever. Like, yeah, it's still valuable. I'm sure you get 93 back. But on top of having to extend Debo Samuel for 20 plus million dollars a year, that's just crazy. Because when I saw something about this earlier, I was assuming they would keep the 10th pick, right? They take Elijah Moore, they send him to San Francisco. And then they still have the 10th pick to draft Garrett Wilson, Drake London to have, you know, their more ideal receiving corpse, I assume. I don't get it, man. Can you make any sense of this, Ray? Trading all this away. This shit happened, man. Listen, man. The reason why I think it makes sense, Jay, like, I don't like it. I wouldn't do it. But the Mm. entire, like, pre-draft process, man, or, you know, since the NFL season, the Jets have been talking. They've been telegraphing the fact that they want a receiver they want and not yeah. just a rookie receiver it seems like they want a veteran guy right they they were in on Tyreek Hill now there's rumors about Debo Samuel so uh, for whatever reason they, they think that they can compete because these seem to be like if you're trading for Tyreek Hill if you're trading for Debo Samuel these are moves you make like when you're competing right like these are guys that can push us over the top you know this is mm-hmm. this is a receiver that can take our offense to the next level and maybe they just view it in those terms. Like they're looking at it, you know, let's give Zach Wilson for the next two to three years the best possible weapons, and maybe we can make this Cincinnati-type run. So while I think it's a lot, I, I just – my question around the Jets, how much do they trust Elijah Moore, man? Like how how much do they – How yeah, if, if, if he were – like you don't see – I, I, you, you, I'm, I'm just wondering, man, like how much do they think he could be like the guy, right? How much can, how much do they believe Elijah Moore can be the guy? Because if you trade him away for like, you're trading him away plus whatever receiver you can get at 10. It's just, it's a question mark. I, again, I don't think I would do this deal, but we see NFL teams do shit like this all the time, man. All the time. Trade Like we saw Dallas trade. Trade Amari Cooper for a, a six round pick. Like we we just mm-hmm. and he's he's still one of the better receivers in the NFL. So while while we sit back and say there's absolutely no way I can do this, uh, it's it just makes me wonder what the Jets well, feel about feel about Elijah Moore, man. Definitely, but I think I think you're making a 
not the wrong comparison, but in my opinion, it'd be like they'd be like the Bengals trading T. Higgins last year, or or the Indianapolis Colts trading Michael Pittman two years ago. Um, I, that's where it's just it's difficult. And I get Elijah Moore didn't play a ton of games, but when he played, he looked pretty good. Not and not just from a fantasy standpoint, like unless he was a headache behind the scenes or something. Like I'm not trying to say he was anything, right? And I, and I do love Elijah Moore. I think he could be great. But I think neither of us project him to be the number one wide receiver. It just seems like if they made this trade, San Francisco's like, yeah, we can make Elijah Moore good. And Robert Sala is being like, I know that Debo is good. I saw him every day in practice, in games, right. you know, like I just feels like they're just getting a guy that they know is good instead of trying to work with a guy who could be really good. But then on top of that, they would be trading away who we presume to be another player who could be as good, if not better, than Elijah Moore in Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jamison Williams at 10. So if you're the Niners, you're getting a player who is supremely talented in Elijah Moore. You're probably, I mean, and at 10, do they even take a receiver? Like, if you were the San Francisco 49ers, where would you even go at 10? Would you go yeah. offensive line? Would you go defensive line? Like, or would you, wow. Okay, Ray, imagine if that put them in the Derek Stingley sweepstakes at 10. Because it realistically, they could be there to take a top cornerback. It, I just for the Jets, it just feels like they ha- they're trying so hard to get a guy they know, they trust, they believe in, instead of actually trying to develop a receiver who can be worth it. And they're just they're just trying to pay their way to the top, and that's just not a way that's going to win in the NFL. You have to develop players. You have to draft good players. All right, another rumor. So GM Scott Fitter told Sam Darnold that the Panthers may draft a quarterback. Uh, no shit, Sherlock. Uh, they're not going in the season with Sam Darnold. And I think the same rumor mill, NFL rumor mill account said that San Franc- uh, that the, um, that the Panthers are open to taking one at six, right? So yeah. my question is, wh- where do they go? Give us your prediction. Does, cause everybody's saying you're seeing one set of NFL draft analysts saying that they're not going to take a quarterback. Quarterbacks aren't going to come off the board to the teens, to the 20s. But Carolina's yeah. sitting at six. Like, everyone knows this, right? But do you think they actually pull the trigger? Because there's a lot of smoke screens that they're not going to do it. They're going to pass on a quarterback, take an offensive tackle. What do you think, man? Do you Who, do you, who is it going to be, and do they pull the trigger at six, or do they trade back? I think they just pass on quarterback. I don't think they necessarily do. trade back. I think I think at six they pass. Yes, I think at six they pass, and I think there's a better shot of them get taking a quarterback in the second round. I, but the interesting thing will be is that for them, they're I think they pass initially to see what happens, right? Because we've seen mocks with two quarterbacks in the first round, we've seen mocks with five quarterbacks in the first round, and so if you're Carolina, you need still need an offensive line no matter what. I think that's the direction they should go if they can't trade down, and then you see the board and how it looks and potentially trade up into the first if you need to get a quarterback. And I think that's how I would play it personally. I don't think taking quarterback at six makes sense. If they feel like they have to do that, then maybe they do that. But at some point, and Cole's saying here they don't have a second, that's fine. I mean, you they can don't still pick make against, They out. don't pick again until the fourth round after pick six. What the hell did they trade? Where did all their well, damn picks go? I think part of it was in the Teddy Bridgewater trade, right? I think that must have been one of them. The second, Man. right, to go get Sam Darnold was definitely Man. one of them. Um, they made some bad trades, and then one of them was to get um, C.J. Henderson, right? Didn't they trade a second and or a third and and uh, the tight Oof. end to go get C.J. Henderson, former first-round pick from the Jaguars? So there's wow. a lot of trades they made that haven't worked out. But again, if, if, if you're an NFL franchise, are you letting Carolina off the hook and, and trading up to their pick? I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I don't really think there's anybody worth it. Um, unless you're going after someone else, right? Like you're not trading up for sauce. Probably you're probably not trading up for a defensive ta- defensive lineman that high. Maybe you're trading up for an offensive lineman that high, but outside of that, I just don't really see it happening, but they need a quarterback. But if the, all they have is that first, they pretty much have to trade down or trade future assets, start leveraging some more, be like the saints and just leverage every year and keep going. And this, right. is, this is the one. This is Here's the one. The one. Right here. And there's a lot of smoke coming out of the Dallas camp. You see, I got the star on. I'm an insider that they are open to moving up in the draft. And we've seen Dallas do this. It hasn't been recently, but I believe it was the 2011 draft. I believe it was 2011. I know I was in law school at the time. And they traded up to six to take LSU cornerback Mo Claiborne. I believe it was 2011. Um, 
You know, everyone's talking about Kayvon Thibodeau sliding in the draft. And this is a very big position of need for Dallas. They need to improve their offensive line and defensive line. Uh, no, we don't want Traylon Burks to Dallas at 24. Absolutely not. Um, if Dallas, if Dallas were, if, if Thibodeau fell and Dallas were able to move up in the draft and acquire Kayvon Thibodeau, this would be awesome. Like this would be, I, I still think he's the best edge rusher in this class. Um, Mike said he won't sl slip past the Giants. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's a bold prediction for, for, from this rumor mill. But if this were to happen, I would definitely put the Dallas Cowboy hat helmet back on oh, no. and, and be <laughs> super excited uh, for, for this one. What do you think about Thibodeau and the, the, the character concerns uh, around him oh, that everyone's pushing out right now? For me, it's just I view him in the same way I think people view Jadavian Clowney. And everyone tried to make him this bad guy, no work ethic, doesn't want to play, all these things. But the truth was the dude did everything that he had to do in two years and just took the third year off. He had to be there. There was no choice. The rules prohibited him from going to the NFL. And I think that's what happened with Thibodeau, right? Like he did everything he had to do freshman and sophomore year. Third year, the team was fine. You know, they weren't that good. They beat OSU and he, he didn't even play in that game. But overall, I just think that you're right, right? He's probably the best pass rusher in the class. I don't think it's Hutchison. And so for me, I just think that if I'm Dallas, I think you got to go after him. But the question is, is that where do you go after him? And where do you make that move? Because if, if you were Jerry Jones, right, where you could overrule anybody, you owned the Dallas Cowboys, where would you be targeting Kayvon Thibodeau? Because the only spot I really see on the board that I think could be a trade down spot is the Texans at 13 if they wanted to move down again because they don't really need they need players but I think if they could get more assets in return move down to 24 they'd be willing to do that because obviously the Cowboys aren't going to come up any higher than that and then potentially the Giants but I couldn't see the Cowboys trading with the Giants to trade up to get Kayvon Thibodeau I you know you have the Falcons at eight Seahawks at nine maybe the Seahawks trade down Jets at 10 we think they're going to keep their pick Commanders Vikings and then Texans at 13. So where would you trade up to go get Thibodeau and kind of where are you, you know, your ass is starting to get hot when he's yeah. still slipping and, and yeah. you're feeling like I he's going to go soon. I don't think Dallas has the assets to move up inside the top 10, but if he were to fall outside of the top 10, which again, we keep saying th these things can't happen. We see players fall every year, man. Like it's not, this isn't, this isn't new to 2022 every year. How did such and such fall? How did we allow this player to fall? How did we allow that player to fall? That shit happens, man. So I, I think there's a possibility he falls. There's a lot of, lot of I think, unfounded negativity around uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. So if he falls, I think outside the top 10, I think Dallas would make a play because a lot of the teams inside that teen range, you got a couple of quarterbacks that can come off of the board, some of the uh, wide receivers coming off of the board. Yep. We'll see, man. I, 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 it was a good rumor that I liked. To, as long as it fits my narrative – with Dallas, then I'm all in. Like, but I think yeah. uh, outside, if he were to somehow go outside of the top ten, then and what you need in order for that to happen is you need Detroit and Carolina to take quarterbacks. Like, you need those guys to put this quarterback scarcity, like the QB run, start that off. So if they can, if if those things happen, I think there's a chance. There's some teams saying they like Jermaine Johnson more than Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson. If you get those cornerbacks inside the top 10, there's a good chance, right? Sauce is top 10. If Stingley's top 10, two quarterbacks, a couple of edge rushers, you know, Iki Ekwanu, Evan Neal, there, there you go. Like, there's a, there's a possibility. Uh, there's the case for him to fall outside of the top 10. Jay, I'm going to ask you right now. I want you to talk about the wide receivers. Where do you think they end up? Where do you think they land? Where do you want them to go? What are you hearing? What are you seeing about these wide receivers? Because I think night one, tomorrow, that's about yeah. as fantasy relevant. I think it's just going to be a bunch of receivers. 100%. I think we get – I'm going to make this – I'm going to say Don't it right now. I think we get four quarterbacks in round one. I think we're going to get four okay. QBs in round one. I think tomorrow night, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis and Sam Howell will have been drafted, and those will be our four wow. first-round quarterbacks. Not even vouching for your boy. Who's my boy? Damn. Who's my Did boy? You say Corral? You didn't say yeah, Corral. I said Matt Corral. Said yeah, I said Matt Corral. I said so Matt Corral. You, didn't say, you said Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. Malik Willis. Kenny Malik Pickett. Willis. Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral. Oh, you said Sam. I thought you said Sam Howell. It sounded like you said Sam. No, Howell. I said Matt Corral. 
Okay. Well, so you are vouching for your boy. I'm, I'm with you. I think. Yeah, well, I think. I think no, we get I'm four. I think you, we get four quarterbacks. Maybe. I think we're gonna get we'll four. See. I think we're gonna get so, four in round one. Back to the receivers, though, and and I'll I'll toss this to you in a minute. But there was a rumor that the Eagles want JMO at 15. The question is, is JMO gonna actually be there at 15? I don't think so. I think that the way it plays out, from what I'm seeing, I think JMO is going to the Jets at 10. Like I'm just, I think that they want a speed threat. And so to your point, if they trade for Debo, that's like, this is, this just wipes out everything. Then they have to figure out something else. I said, I I said corral. I don't care what I said. Corral. Damn it. Sam. (laughs) I said, I said, Sam corral. Did I say Sam corral? Go ahead. You definitely said how, (laughs) but, but yeah. So for me, I think that, so I think Garrett Wilson's going to Atlanta. I think that seems to be consensus at this point. And I think that all the bookmakers think it too. So that's where I think they're going there. I believe that JMO is going at 10, but I don't know where that leaves Drake London. And if he goes at 11 or he goes later than that, I'm not sure. But I think that's where you're going to see a little bit of consolidation. And I want to see where Stingley goes because Stingley's another guy that I think could push one of these wide receivers down a little bit. But see, Matt Howell. <laughs> somebody said Matt Howell. Horal. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Horal is the best one. Oh man, I love y'all, man. God damn it, we'll run the tape. We'll yeah. play the tape back. We'll play the tape. Back. No, I'm not betting Jay Rich on this one because I yeah, actually you're pay not, my bets. Because the, cause the chat, because the chat knows. The chat but, got me. And then, and then the other question for me is Alave, right? Because if we see those three guys go in the top twelve, like they're kind of projected to go, where does Alave go? Because I don't know if you've seen Alave's draft prop. It's at sixteen and a half right now. Really? Which is really, bro. It's nuts. So it's crazy because I got to give a shout out to Elliot Chris because Elliot Chris posted on Twitter. He's like, "Oh, Chris Olave and Traylon Burks props are out." I was like, "Oh, damn!" Like, let me go see what they are. And mm-hmm. he got Olave at twenty three and a half. By the time I found it five minutes later, it was at twenty one and a half. It moved to seventeen and a half, and now it's at sixteen and a half. Because there's there's the thought that the Eagles at 15 are going wide receiver, right? right. So there's the, the main turning point here. You have Eagles at 15, Saints at 16. A lot of people right now are projecting a, a tackle to the Saints at 16 and a receiver to the Saints at 19. But if this draft plays out the way I'm kind of projecting it now, Garrett Wilson at 8, J-Mo at 10, Drake London probably to the Commanders at eleven. Oh, then don't you have say the that, next, man. Then you have the next. Don't. Well, I mean, uh, Vikings aren't taking a receiver. The Texans may be taking a receiver. Maybe, maybe then, at thirteen. Yeah, the Seahawks—they're not taking a receiver, right? They're, they don't need a receiver. And then you have um, the Ravens at fourteen before the Eagles. Yeah, the Ravens could it. trade out, but we'll yeah. see what happens there. But for the for the Eagles, they're the ones that they say they want JMO. I don't think he's going to be there. Where are you at with Alave then if that's kind of how it plays out? Because he's probably going to be top 15. If those three receivers are gone, Alave is probably the next man gone. I don't think it's Burks. I doubt it's, you know, like Sky Moore, Dotson, Christian no, no, Watson. No. It's probably going to be Alave next. Um, that's just where I think I'm at, man. I, I think it's going to be Alave. I, I don't think Traylon's top 20. He, he Yeah, I don't maybe, think so either. I don't, I don't think so. It's, it's funny because... You know, throughout before the NFL Combine, I remember on the show we I know they're killing me, man. They are absolutely cat morale. Cat morale is awesome. <laughs> oh uh, my how do I close the chat? I don't need to look at the chat anymore. But um, so before the Combine started, man, uh, Traylon Burks was already mocked like late twenties, mid twenties, late twenties. Then the Combine had I would I wouldn't be shocked. If Traylon falls out of round one, it wouldn't shock me if he's an early round two pick. That would suck, right? That that would suck for, you know, the fantasy prospectus. I still would be in, but, you know, definitely wouldn't be a top 10 pick. But I, I'm hoping he's drafted late, to one, like, you know, later in the first round, which wouldn't be a bad thing because he's probably going to a really good team. Yeah, that'd be good. The, this Olave thing is weird because sixteen and a half. You know, seventeen are the are the are the are the, are the Chargers, right? So it's like, yeah. do you think he gets to the Chargers? Now, let me just ask no. you: when you say over under draft slot, so if you take over sixteen and a half, you're seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, just to clarify yep. everybody out there, and then under it would be you know sixteen to one. So yeah. Man, and Elliot got it at 23 and a half because that's where yeah. I said. I think 22 is his floor. I don't think he's going past Green I don't Day. Even think, I don't even think I don't, 20. I think top 20 is almost locked in at this point for Olave because I think at worst, he's. I think so. 
to clarify for people who aren't aren't really as tapped in, I believe that the draft order right now, we have our top three, and then I think Alave is next, and then it's probably Burks, just realistically. And so if you think that if we think that Alave is going to be wide receiver four off the board, which is kind of what it seems like right now, I don't think he's getting past the Saints at 19 because I don't think they take Burks, but they might take Burks. And so for me, it's like the top three, if they go in the top 15, then you have Philly at 15, who's they're talking about JMO, which means they're looking at wide receiver. Yeah, they're Saints taking, 16, they're taking receiver. They're and taking then you have Philly at 18 again. So I think Chris Olave is locked in top 20. I don't think there's any chance that he goes any higher, any lower than 20, because I think at, at worst, he goes to the Saints at 19. And so after that, then where does that leave the Packers? Where does that leave the Chiefs? Because the biggest X factor in this draft, and we'll, we'll probably talk about it more tomorrow, is the Chiefs trading up. And where the hell did they trade up to get a receiver? Because they're just Listen, not going to get anybody at 28 and 30. Jay, I'm just, I'm, just scro- I'm just scrolling the rumor mill, and this Debo to the Jets thing for the 10th overall pick. It's hot. It's hot. And I know it. it, it is... Like everybody is saying it now again, smokescreen yeah. or what? But it, like it, I'm just looking through it, and it is like Debo saying, like everybody is reporting to the Jets involving the tenth pick, which could mean more, man. So crazy. Uh, as a and Debo says, he likes four and a half corners in the first. I like actually said that too. Debo said four and, four and a half corners in the first. Oh, I'm I'm in on yeah. that. I think I think Sauce Gardner. Um, Booth, uh, McDuffie, potentially Stingley, Elam. Elam. I think you can get, yeah, over four and a half corners. I can see that. Uh, Olave, I mean, I I wouldn't take him that high, but Jamison Williams to the, think about the Eagles, man. Philly has had to draft wide receivers in the first round three years in a row. Yeah. That's, that's insane to me. And they're still terrible. Three years. Like, in well, a not row. the receivers ain't terrible, but the team is terrible. Well, one of the receivers is terrible, but he's on the block. You saw the rumor, right? Jalen Rager on the block. They're they're taking ah. calls. Maybe, ah. maybe we can maybe we can see if uh, we can get some cash considerations for one Jalen Rager. You know, that's um, like I don't, that, that would be putting Jalen putting Jalen Rager on the block is like when I did the garage sale this weekend where I had something in the fucking corner that had been sat there for like two years. It's dusty. It's old. It's got cobwebs, and I'm putting it on the. I'm putting it out there for like twenty five dollars, and people are just looking past it. And then you know what I ended up doing with that garage sale item from Saturday when no one bought Packaging it. I put it. no one. No one bought it. I put it on the corner with a free sign, and then someone came and took it. Right? Like it's shit. That that's that's what they're doing with Rager. They put they got him in the garage sale. They've got him listed for a six round pick. Nobody wants him. They'll cut him and somebody will pick him up for free. It's just it's just brutal, man. Brutal. But looks like Jamison Williams will be an eagle if he's on the board at 15. Yep. That seems like what they want to do. I think that's a good fit for, for Philadelphia. And I think that would actually be good for Devontae Smith and Jamison Williams and Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard. Like, that would be... I think a good landing spot for them for a real football and I think fantasy football purposes it wouldn't also it wouldn't be a bad bet um either it wouldn't be a bad bet either. What else is going on? What other rumors? So I'm good with nothing in there's return. There's one for that Deep was talking about right now okay. um is is Stingley at 3. And so Elliot actually put out like a a mock today and he mocked Stingley at 3 to Houston. And I was like, "Wait a damn minute. Like what are the odds on Stingley to even be the first corner off the board?" They're probably pretty good right now um, with the rumors. It's probably going down, but that would be pretty wild, man. Stingley was the guy freshman year and crazy. You know, sauce became that if Stingley comes all the way back, you know, like just when you thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Like, yeah, that would be nuts. Um, and then Roro was actually saying in the chat, what if they trade Debo away for mm. Elijah Moore, maybe even not just for the 10th pick. And then they take Christian Watson at 10 to pair with Trey Lance. Get the college teammates back together in San Francisco with that 10th That would be pick. nuts. Christian that Watson. That would be nuts. Probably that first would be or nuts. second receiver off the board at 10. That Maybe would be first, nuts. But that, that would be would nuts. That would be banana. That would where be banana. Where do you draft land. him, though? Where do you draft him? Like, how does that not vault Christian Watson into the top five? Oh, I would not take him. Hell no. But if what, that happens, what does that do to no. his value, though? His value—it's oh, going to boost. It's going to it's going to boost it up. It's going to. And I'm not. T- I'm, there's no world. I don't care if Christian Watson was the number three overall pick. I would not take him ahead of Traylon Burks. I don't care. Like I would not. I would not. 
I know. I know. Listen, I'm in. A, I'm in. A, I'm, could you I'm imagine in a, the reaction on the stream? When I'm in. It's like Christian Watson. I'm like in a group chat. I'm in a group chat with Derek Brown, uh, 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 Brett Whitfield, like some sharp guys. Brett, they compare Traylon Burks to damn Jonu Smith, and I told him if I didn't love y'all, I, I, I'd leave this chat I'd immediately. Be I'd be out of here. They compare, they compare him to damn Jonu Smith. They don't, they're not big, not big Traylon fans. Derek is a big. Check out D Bro, Fantasy Pros uh, co-host, man. Shout out yes, D Bro, my former co-host. But he's a big Christian Watson fan. But they compared him to damn Jonu Smith, and and I, whoa, I, Brady, I, relax. I, 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 I Five hundred is a little steep, even at top ten. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Brady. Thank you, thank you. But I, I think it sounds crazy. But these teams are this whole pair of the quarterback with their college quarterback, man. It's they are a that would crazy. be these that would be nuts, too, right? That would be nuts. It's just like luxury pick. Like San Francisco gets the tenth the tenth overall pick for Debo. Like and they get Elijah Moore back. Fuck it, just go get Christian Watson. Like you want yeah. Christian Watson, Trey? Go get Christian Watson. Like that would be. Um, insane. My last one thing that I kind of want to talk about. So about the running backs real quick. What do you think is going to happen with these backs? Like, let's just predict five. Give me the five running backs off the board in order. Cause it's going to be spread across day one and day two. Not what, not our rankings, but how you think it's going to play out in the draft. I think it's going to be Brees Hall, probably Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, James Cook, Isaiah Spiller, Ooh, five. I'm gonna yeah. say Pierre Strong. I'm gonna say Pierre Strong five. What? I don't think it's gonna be Rashad White. I don't think it's gonna Pierre be Rashad Strong. White. So, Interesting. I don't think it's gonna be Rashad White as the fifth as the fifth guy. I think it could be Pierre Strong. I think I was gonna say Zamir White. I think it'll be a primary rusher. Will be the fifth. Will be the fifth guy off the board. I don't think it'll be Rashad White. So again, I, I don't. I don't necessarily hate Isaiah Spiller, but I could see someone just taking James Cook instead. Uh, you have the Georgia yeah. pedigree. You have Dalvin Cook's brother. You know all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm with that. And then, and then a little bit of stink around. So I, I, that's and especially from what we've been seeing, I think that's how it plays out. But the bigger question is, is that Houston seems destined to take a running back in the mm-hmm. second round. They, mm-hmm. you saw the Jets projected to take one, but almost every mock we've done, Houston is taking a running back. But what I ask you, Ray, is what do does Houston have the guts to take Kenneth Walker over Brees Hall? Do you think they have the guts to do that? Because I think there's a world where it happens, but do they have the guts to do that? Because all of us would think that's crazy. But I think there's a small world, a very, very small world, where Houston thinks that Kenneth Walker is a better fit with Davis Mills than Brees Hall. Maybe. I, I let me give you my let me give you what I think is gonna happen with the running backs off the board. I think Brees Hall is gonna be the first back off the board, and no, I do not believe Buffalo is gonna take him at twenty five. I just don't I don't foresee that happening. I don't. Yeah. I think Brees Hall is gonna be the first running back off the board. The second running back off the board, I believe, will be James Cook. I think James Cook is going to wow. be RB two off the board. Too much smoke around him, man. I don't I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I would he is not. Is not my RB two, but I think the yes. NFL, I think they're going to take, I think they're going to take James cook as, as RB two off the board. Then I don't know, man. I really think there's a shot that Spiller goes off the board third, but I'm going to say Kenneth Walker as Isaiah Spiller off of the board fourth. And mm-hmm. then the fifth running back off of the board, I believe will probably be Damian Pierce. I don't think it's going to be Rashad white, I don't believe it's going to be Zamir White. Uh, the only other back that I think might sneak into there for that fifth spot would be uh, Brian Robinson out of Alabama. Yep. You get the Bama bias, the big back. But I, I, I think James Cook is going to come off the board as uh, the second running back drafted. I wouldn't do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't like it. Not a big fan. I think he's the most landing spot dependent running back in this class. Don't really see a world in which I think his absolute maximum upside would be James White, like max upside, yep. which James White was top 10 in PPR when given the volume. But yep. uh, I, I think Cook is going to I think the NFL sees how valuable those kind of pass catching running backs are. And they're going to they're going to capitalize on it. And there is some name cachet. And if that happens, think about how high Cook would rise in rookie drafts if he's the second running back off the board. I, 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 th- oh. These things like 
What's like going to happen? Five overall or something like mid Bro, second I, round. I, I, oh I mean, he's. God. I mean, he's just going to. Yeah, he's. Just, he's just going to propel up rookie draft boards, and this is going to provide an opportunity for us to catch the Traylon Burkses, you know, the, yeah. the 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 better players later in our in our rookie draft. So I, I think Cook's going to be the second running back off the board, man. Um, I, Cole, is. I hear you, bro. Maybe. I hear you, Cole. I'm not the biggest fan either, brother. I'm not the biggest fan either. What I talked with Josh Larkey about last night is just because you draft these guys doesn't mean you got to play them. Draft them because they've got the value and then trade the shit out of them during training camp. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. I get it, man. 199, never really carried the ball. Uh, and and, and Debro said they're jump on, they're drunk on James Cook. They love it, man. It's the name. It's it's the versatility. It's the skill set. Now, what were, what were you saying, Jay? Are, are, is Houston are they ballsy enough to take uh, uh, Walker well, you're over? Saying, you're, you're saying Walker's got no shot of going top. I've got no, 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 no. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm just giving you my prediction on how I think yeah. the backs are going to come off the board. It wouldn't mm-hmm. shock me if the first within the first five picks, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker come off the board. Like that'd be yeah. that 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 would be chalky. But very like like think about it, man. Look how many running backs were drafted before Jonathan Taylor. Look how many yeah. RBs were. Yeah, Clyde and DeAndre Swift get picked before Jonathan Taylor. You know. The NFL is a crazy game, man. We it's we a crazy project, game. We and we he scout, was, we analyze, and it just. In what world? Up in our face every time. In in what <laughs> world? In like think about that for a second. In what world do you look at Clyde Edwards Elaner, and then you look at Jonathan Taylor, and no shade of DeAndre Swift, but give you look at DeAndre guy. Swift, and you look at Jonathan Taylor and say, yeah, give me those two guys before this guy. You know? Yeah, it's nuts. It we, nuts. we we say this we we do this game every single year, man. Every year we do this, right? And every year we get to the draft and we're watching and we're just like, how? How did this happen? I'm preparing. It'll happen I'm, again. I'm telling you, this is going to be the most unpredictable draft. Yeah. Here, this is what I'm going to do. This is what, for everybody that came back for the second part of the stream, appreciate y'all being here. We're going to get out of here. I am going to give away. I got some DD stuff. I got stickers. I've got some shirts. I got an extra hoodie. I want on this second stream, top 10. Just give me the top 10 players. You must comment on the YouTube channel, right? Comment under this video. Give me your top 10. Whoever's the most accurate. I don't know who's going to go through this and figure this out. This is probably a horrible, horrible <laughs> I, idea. I will be the one to go through it and figure it, it is out. It's a horrible it's idea. Whoever can project, uh, predict the, the top... Get, do you want to do 10 or 5? I, I, I don't even think people we'll can do, get 5 we'll, right. No, we, we'll do I don't five. even think we'll people do can do 5. Let's give them a, a shot. Let's give them a shot. And then what's tiebreaker? Let's do one tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Okay, okay, five. okay. Tiebreaker. 5 picks in order. 1 through 5. That's all you got to do. Let's see who can get top 5. No, not fantasy relevant in the NFL draft. Like, yep. I, I want to know. Here, Traylon Walker won. Malik Willis yep. at 2 to Detroit. Uh, Sauce Gardner at three to Houston. We're just going to five to the Giants pick. The tiebreaker yeah. will be. I know what it is. I know what it What's is. What's the tiebreaker? James Cook draft, like James Cook's draft pick. Whoever's the closest wins. That's the tiebreaker. Where does James too, Cook that's... like the actual draft pick? The, where n- is the he, number like fifty six? Yeah, or... yeah, you okay. got to give me a number as the tiebreaker. Whoever's the closest will win. If, it, right. if there's a tie for some reason, and and whoever whoever gets if if you land all five of those and that, it, w- there's timestamps on it, so don't try to I can go back and edit yeah. it. We'll see that it's edited. There's timestamps on it. Whoever does that, I will mail you some destination Devi stuff. I'll mail you. I'll mail you. I got a signed jersey in there that I need to give away. I'll do that. Ooh. Make sure you subscribe. Yeah, signed jersey. Oh. Not gonna tell you who. Uh, oh. Not a player that I'm gonna hang up in my office uh, because he I plays in the who, NFC I don't even East. Know who the player. But oh. I will give, I will give, I have a giveaway. But you got to, whoever's the most accurate, just five picks. This is how unpredictable this draft is. And then the, the tiebreaker, the number, like pick the 60, number. pick 52. And if you, this is like a price is right. If you go over, you're disqualified. You can't go over. It's oh, got to be. Going that way? I didn't yeah. want to go that route. That's No, I'm okay. going that route. Yeah, in the, in the tube. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I didn't see the U, and I thought Roro said in tube comments. Yeah, Roro, in the YouTube comments under this video, after the this show, video after the show, after the show, not in, nope, not in here, Paul. After the show, you got to put it in there, 
and then you got to put the pick. And Paul did it just right. You got to do it just like this. One Walker, two Aiden, three Akeem, four Thibodeau, five Sauce, tiebreaker pick 59. Perfect. Do this. Closest accuracy, you get a prize from me. I'll send it out to you. Uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll link you and all that other stuff. So we appreciate y'all tapping into part two of the stream. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the houses should be done probably in another two months. They'll be done with our entire street, so we won't have to do this anymore. But uh, enjoy. Mm -hmm. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Uh, let's see. Yep, this is how I want you to do it. But you got to comment. You got to comment. And I promise you, I got you. Somebody said, I bet it's Ray's college jerseys. Gave it I played D2 ball, so they only gave us one. So I damn sure I'm not giving that away. We, we didn't get a plethora of stuff to give away. And I actually stole it and my college football helmet. So I, I took both of those. But I, I got something for y'all. Comment. Whoever's the most accurate will do it. Wake up draft stream in the morning. Draft stream at night. Wake up on Friday. Draft stream on Friday. It's a whole long weekend of draft fun. Oh, yeah. yeah Two Ray, super chat super questions. Chats? Yeah, we do. We do. We do. We ain't getting out of here without the super chat. All right. Allen and Diggs for 24 first. Aaron Jones, Montgomery, Lamb, and Mills. Would you take the Allen side? Wow. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs stack for the for 24 first. Aaron Jones, Montgomery, Lamb, and Mills. Give me Allen and Diggs. Yeah. Allen I'm and Diggs. Yeah, Allen and Diggs. I like Lamb. I like Aaron Jones. Like the first. Like Davis Mills. Like David Montgomery. Uh, this is as lethal of a combination that you'll have for over the next three years in Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I'd rather have that yeah. side. Where are you at, Jay? Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. For sure. All right. Give me Allen and Diggs. Allen and Diggs. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Good stuff. All right. And then we got Josh right here. Let's get him on the building. Javonta Williams for <laughs> 107, 203, 207, your thoughts, dot ETH. There we go. Um, yeah. yeah, do it. Yeah, That's yeah. easy. No, wait. Do you want Isaiah do Spiller or do you want Javonta Williams? I want Javonta Williams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, take, yeah. Okay. Whatever side the Javonte is, take that side or keep Javonte. Whatever it is that's going on here, just make sure you have Javonte on your roster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Javonte Williams. Give me Javonte over the one. Yeah, you're right. Javonte Williams, one uh, or Isaiah Spiller, George Pickens, and uh, Brian Rashad Robinson. White. Yeah, Brian Robinson. That's a smash. Give me. This is actually good. Good by Javonte season. Good by by Javonte yeah. season right now, especially with Melvin Gordon coming back. People calling me crazy. Nah, man, crazy doing stuff the right way. So that's good stuff, right? Um. Yeah, Marcus. This is this is the Jay Rich strategy. My boy Marcus said, "F them picks, bro." <laughs> Jay Rich is Damn F right. them picks. Uh, 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 to the fullest, man. We appreciate y'all tapping in. Join in tomorrow. Comment in YouTube. I'll give some shit away for free, and we'll be back tomorrow, man. I'm out of this thing. Peace.